This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 158. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined, as usual, by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am doing never better, and this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything uh, related to this medium that we love so much. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about burnishing, when to use it, when not to use it. And we also have some updates on the Karen Dosh Museum Aquarelle watercolor pencils that we talked about. We were having some trouble finding some light fast, um, what that their star rating equated to. We've got a bit more information for that that we're going to share at the end. Yeah, so uh, hang on for that. But yeah, we're covering burnishing. You may be thinking, well, why are they covering burnishing? They did that before. Yeah, we did that about... What, three years ago? And so it was one of those that gets buried in the archives, and many podcast players do not show the first, I don't know, 30 to 50 podcasts. So we thought we would cover this one more time and talk about some different nuances in burnishing that we didn't actually cover the first time. Okay, so let's start out just by defining what burnishing is. What is burnishing? Let's define that. Actually, Very simply, all it really means is to press very hard on your surface so that you're pushing the layers down into the tooth, you're flattening the tooth of the paper. That's kind of what it means. And where it came from was this term to mean browning. And so it's something that went hand in hand with wood and the way that uh, wood would be polished. And so it does carry with it. It connotes sort of this polishing effect. And that's something to you know, keep in mind. If you're looking at a colored pencil piece that has been burnished, it does kind of have that polished sort of effect. And it, it can kind of shimmer or cause some sort of reflection back to you, uh, depending on the angle and the lighting situation. So burnishing, though, very simply, is pressing all of these uh, layers down. And the thing is, you can burnish too early. You can you know, start out uh, on your piece using one color or a couple of colors and not have very much on your project yet you not not have too much on your paper and if you press too hard you'll start to burnish and then what happens is you limit your opportunities to layer more because there's no tooth to catch that pigment as you're raking it across the surface and so that's something to keep in mind that you don't want to burnish too early and you want I want to say not I do want to put this disclaimer out there though because burnishing is a technique that some artists burnish everything start to finish and the results are amazing. You've got to be careful though and I've seen this done where people, you know, that you are jamming that that pigment into the paper, you get very highly pigmented because you're getting so much pigment on that paper. It's very dark very early on, so you don't have that crayon look to start with that gritty grady look if it's done right. That's the key if it's done right. For me, that that was actually how I worked. 
for years. Um, I don't actually, I should find some old photos of that work. And the work was fine, but it was so hard on my wrist. And then if you wanted to go back and correct something, it was very hard to do. Like you said, there's no tooth on the paper. But I do want to throw out there that burnishing, we talk about it as being a negative thing. It's a negative thing for me and the techniques that I use. It's a negative thing for the way that John works, but it can be done right. I don't want to make it sound like people who burnish, you're doing it wrong. It can be used well and make beautiful work with it if that's what you're going for. But you, like John said, you are limiting future layers. So you better make sure that if you're going to burnish, that is the color you want right there. That That's that's where it's going to stay. You're not going to be able to adjust too much if you are burnishing early on. No, I do use burnishing. I use it when I'm using cotton paper like Stonehenge. I do use it not all the time and not on every portion, depending on what I'm what I'm drawing. But my point is that if you burnish too early, like if you're working on just one layer and it's a very thin layer, you don't want to press very hard, yeah. especially on a piece of you know, a piece of cotton paper. Something that has a lot of tooth, if you start burnishing early on, you're not going to get very many layers applied to that piece. It's it's impossible because you limit those options because you're pushing all of that tooth and flattening it down. So if you want to have a heavy saturation and a whole lot of color and a whole lot of layers on there, then you have to do a light hand at the beginning. You know, the people that I know that burnish all the time, and Cecile Baird is one who does that all the time, and she is actually one of the people, one of the great artists that we have interviewed on this show. She burnishes all the time, but she builds up these layers quite slowly at first, and then she starts starts burnishing towards the end. And it does, I mean, I like that look. It has a really nice look to it, and you don't have to use OMS when you do that. I mean, you still can, and I think... That she uses that sparingly, but I could be wrong about that. But I know that one of her core techniques that she uses is is burnishing. So generally speaking, though, you know, when we're talking about it in the sense that I'm speaking about this technique, I'm talking mostly about a heavy tooth paper like Stonehenge, something that, you know, you can put multiple layers on. Now, you can do this on sanded surfaces and you can do it, you know, like on other uh, rougher textured surfaces that are primarily or traditionally meant for pastel, like Color Fix and, um, let's see, Fisher 400, any others come to mind? I mean, there are others that, you know, were meant for pastels, and you can do it on those as well. It's just a little more difficult, and it doesn't have quite the same effect when you do it. Yeah, you. I usually keep my burnishing if I'm going – I burnish every – on every painting, whether it be with powder blender on sanded paper or regular paper, at some point I'm burnishing certain areas where I'm pushing really hard in it, but it's always those last layers where I know I'm not mm-hmm. putting anything else on top of this. I've already got a nice solid base layer underneath. And if you burnish early on and you don't have base layers under that, the white of the paper sometimes is really hard to cover, even though you're still burnishing. You may end up creating a look you didn't really want that can be very, very difficult to yeah, correct. I'm absolutely. speaking from personal bad experiences where I screwed stuff up. I've done um, I think I we all learned, have done that. <laughs> yeah. Going slow, building up those layers, it just gives me so much more control. And then the big thing for me too, having the arthritis in the wrist, I have to limit how much I burnish anyway. When I used to burnish everything, and you can burnish either with just the pencil or you can do it with like a colorless blender. I used to use the Prismacolor colorless blender. 
and you're really jamming and polishing, as, as John said, that color into the paper. And you can get these really great, vibrant blends. Uh, it, it can be beautiful. Oh my gosh, the pain in my hand and wrist, the arthritis was not enjoying that. So if I would have continued with it, I would have had to have given up colored pencil altogether. So I'm really glad that I found the OMS and the lighter layering because now I don't have that problem. But yeah, you can definitely cause some problems if you're not careful burnishing earlier on. Like I said, it, it just limits you. It limits how many layers you're going to get. But it's not that it's always bad. It just depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish. I would just, for most people, recommend save that burnishing, save the adding a lot of pressure to that pencil for the very, very end. Most cases when you burnish, it's still usually a good idea ha to have a fairly sharp pencil because when it's dull, it's harder to get even with burnishing. It can be really hard, and it does depend on the paper, but hard to get that pigment into all the nooks and crannies. So Sometimes right. one of the problems I had is I would burnish with push really hard with a dull pencil. Yeah, you can write with it. They're still lead exposed, but it was only catching the tooth of the paper and it wasn't getting into all the nooks and crannies. So I would have these gaps where it would be blotchy where I didn't want it. If I had done a few light layers first and then burnished on top of that, a few light layers with a really sharp pencil first, that would have prevented some of the blotchiness that I was trying to avoid. Generally speaking, that's what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to fill in the white of the paper, and those can be really tiny little specks, and so only a sharper pencil will actually push that in there. You know, if you're using like a blender-type uh, pencil, you're using a burnishing pencil, and there are a number of those to choose from. But real quick, I wanted to uh, talk about another type of technique that you could do as well is you can use... You know, depending on the paper again, but you can use OMS and you can, you know, lay some layers down, use OMS. And you can, uh, in fact, still have, depending on the amount of OMS that you're using, you can still have some white of the paper showing if, you know, depending on how you're laying that down. And then you can also go back then over that with more pencil and laying that pigment in there, you know, and again, it's hitting mostly the, the tops, the, the, if we're talking about the hills and the valleys of the tooth of the paper, then it's hit, hitting the hills of the paper, scraping off on those high points in the paper. And then you can go back over that one more time with a burnisher and push that pigment down into the valleys. And so that makes a big difference as well. And it's kind of a I like the look of that a lot, a lot better than I do. And it's just personal preference, but I like that a lot better than I do just the uh, burnishing without any OMS. I like having a little OMS in there and it yeah. just kind of spreads things out and it looks really, has a real nice look and finish to it. Now, I think. The colorless blenders, there are several that you can get mm -hmm. from different companies. And I find that the ones made by one company typically work best with their own pencils. Like with Prismacolor, the Prismacolor colorless blender works best with them. Whereas the Luminance, now the Luminance is funny because they make one, they're, what is it, the Blender Bright, I think it's called? Yeah, and I love that one. I don't love it with uh, Luminance, but I used it with Pro, Derwent Pro Color, and I loved it with that, which I thought was kind of funny. I'm like, I, that I wasn't expecting because I I had never really loved the the Blender Bright with Luminance at all. Um, but I really liked how it worked with the Derwent Pro Color. But test, it, test different blenders out. Yeah. I believe, doesn't Lyra make one? Um, yeah, they do. Derwent makes, I don't like Derwent's at all with anything. I've never found Derwin's. They're almost, they've got two, a blender and then I forget what the other one is called, but it- They have a Splendor, I think, isn't it called? Like, 
I don't know. It was crumbly, and I, I, w- I was not a fan of Derwent's, um, their colorless blender and the other one um, that they use. I, I tried both for different techniques, and I, I really wasn't a huge fan. But the different blenders that you use, you will get different results depending on the pencils that you're using them with. So if you try it with one brand of pencil and you think, I don't like this. Maybe try it with other pencils because, like I said, that the Luminance version, or the, I'm sorry, the Caran d'Ache version, the Blender Bright, I really liked it with pencils that weren't theirs. Okay, Lyra was the one that makes the Splendor uh, pencil. I didn't really care for that one too much. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. The one I like, hands down, with any pencils that I've tried so far is the Blender Bright by Caran d'Ache. But like you said, I mean, your results may vary. So um, try them and test them out for yourself. Uh, One thing I like in particular about this pencil, though, is that it is one full – there's no wood on it. It is – a pigment it's it's just the wax and oil you know whatever whatever that is so it's only the blending material that's what i'm trying to say suddenly the lost lead, words but yes it's not the lead, lead. <laughs> thank you lost words because there's a lawnmower started outside <laughs> gotta go talk to him uh all right so anyway when you talk to him can you send him over here to mow my lawn yeah right is that the kind of talk he, you were he, talking about or can, no he can mow my lawn too then. <laughs> uh in between the rain it's been bad so anyway now, the different types of pencils are going to burnish differently, too. A wax-based pencil, I prefer those for burnishing. I don't really like my oil-based pencils very much for burnishing. The only time I'll really push hard with an oil-based pencil is when I'm cleaning up edges. Fine, little, tiny, tiny details. But I've never really been a yeah. huge fan of burnishing with those. I definitely prefer doing that with the wax-based pencils, just the way that they layer. Yeah. I, I like the results that I get better with those. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I don't see the need too much when I'm using the polychromos and oil-based pencils to burnish very much. The properties of that particular pigment is you can get it just down in the white of the paper very easily. Yeah. Uh, so you can burnish also with colors. You know, you can use like cream or white or, you know, a darker color or something like that. You don't have to just go to a colorless blender to be able to use that burnishing technique. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I've done this before, I've tested it out, I've never really done it on an entire project, but, um, and actually credit to whom credit is due, Cecile Baird uh, explained this technique to me, and I watched her use it in a mini workshop, but she took a battery-operated eraser, you know, you take out the little plastic eraser in the little uh, holder there and then you you can take off one of those tiny tiny little paper stumps and put that inside there sharpen that up with uh, some sandpaper and use that as a burnisher and it works quite well now talking about wrist problems or anything you know like arthritis or anything like that that can alleviate that kind of problem pretty well because most of the effort is done in that spinning movement and that works really well and it it kind of kind of speeds it up actually is what it does so that's an option for you yeah so one of the things that i found this week total change of subject now i was editing my watercolor video where i had painted a clownfish with the watercolor pencils the Caran d'Ache Museum aquarelle and we recently did a, a light or a podcast talking about those and one of my big complaints i had is that the company uses a five star system 
but it's blue wool. But they never told us what those stars equate to. Okay, you said it's a five star. I can assume that's around a seven and eight or an eight. Okay, but what's a three star? You what is an actual two star? And on their website, the way that they're describing them as excellent light fast, lower light fast. You know, they're not really giving me a number, and I I just had not been happy with that. So I think quite a bit of our our live stream was covering that rant. Well, I was looking for other information. Karen Dosh makes it very hard to find certain information. Their website, the search function only works for their store. And even then it doesn't pull up most of the items. Their website definitely needs some work. Very, very hard to find anything. Well, I ended up finding on creativeartmaterials.com. They have a PDF for all of the Karen Dosh products. One of the things that was on there was a little thing says, it reads, what is the blue wool scale? An eight point scale used to measure light fastness of colors based on their degree of fading after exposure to light. Our dry pastels, even though this is under the museum aquarelle, I think it's a typo because they use the same thing for the dry pastels. But they said our dry pastels have a light fast rating between two stars and five stars determined for the 76 colors of our museum aquarelle. So that's why I know that there was a typo there. They, They forgot to fix that. But anyway, right next to that, they show you, they break down a color chart into eight sections before and after and how that fades. So they're showing you. Now, they're not straight out saying this is a one on the blue wool scale, this is a two, this is a three, but being that it's separated into eight forms, I feel fairly comfortable to go ahead and make that assumption. Assuming that's the case, a one star would would be a one on the blue wool scale. A two star covers a two or three. A three star on the pencil covers a four or five. A four star covers a six. And then the five star covers seven, eight on the blue wool scale. So I think that that, that really clears up, uh, again, assuming because it doesn't come out and say this is a one on the blue wool scale, this is a two. But I think it's a pretty good assumption that that's how they're breaking yeah, that yeah, up. And that is. does make me feel a little bit more comfortable in knowing what those numbers equate to the stars on the pencil i don't know why did they make this so hard to find that is now i i do feel a little bit bad about after we recorded that podcast it wasn't long after that that i ran across this information now the thing is you know we prepare as much as we can and then you can sort of take this as sort of a retraction but it's just more information that we found out about the good news about this, though, is that, okay, two things. We do know where the crosswalk is with their star rating system now, if we can safely assume what uh, we just talked about there. But the other piece of good news with this, I think, is that the four and the five, you know, the six and seven and eight, most of your pencils in this line are fall into that category. So that's good news. And then lastly, they do say that they have tested these both dry and wet. And they don't really reveal like, you know, what the results are, um, both dry and wet, but they say exceptional color light fastness applied wet or dry, according to the blue wool scale, or they have blue wool scale standard in parentheses so uh, yeah the only thing on there that, mm-hmm. that does make me a little bit concerned with that because I've had a lot of discussion with other artists who are saying oh well they said that they tested it when it's wet yeah but they also say on their website in another area like all this information we're pulling from different locations of their website their um, creative art materials website we're finding it from different locations it's not all in one place so this does make it a bit of a challenge but they also say that ratings are satisfactory, uh, they're talking about a three-star rating, are satisfactory, but they will last longer if used in concentrated form, which to me indicates that there is a difference between thinning it out with water and what those ratings would be versus using it 
Which, you know, which, okay, right, right, right. We, um, I mean, which makes sense. that's logical, right? I mean, yeah. we, we would have to make that assumption, even if we're using OMS, that if it's in less concentrated forms, you know, that it's going to, but if you're susceptible it on super to fade thick, you're over probably time. okay. I'm guessing if it, if the pain is what I personally, my, my take on this at this point is if I were to sell a piece with this right now, any of the artwork I'm doing, I'm not even concerned with the light fast ratings. I used whatever pencil that I wanted to and the clownfish that I painted and I'm all, I will make prints of it. I'm keeping the clownfish for myself. So I don't have to worry about selling him. But if, uh, if somebody wanted to buy something from me, I would stick with the, the four or Five star for sure. Mm-hmm. I would not go lower than, than the four star on that work. And I would still let my customers know being just the nature of watercolor, the nature of those pencils, what happens when you add water. I would recommend put this behind UV glass. Just be safe. It's not terribly expensive. Um, I know Hobby Lobby. I want to say I spent under $20 to get an eight. I think it was an 18 by 24 inch piece of glass, something like that. Right. It may have been less than that, but it's not it's terribly not expensive, expensive and it's no. really going to make a difference in the work. And I mean, it's not a bad idea to do it for a regular, you know, our wax and oil all the time. I think. I, all the time. I think that's a good practice. Yeah. And then to also educate your client and let yeah. them know. Don't put it in a spot that's going to hit direct sunlight. I don't care how light fast the pencils are. Don't put the artwork in direct sunlight, even with the UV protecting glass. Just, you know, I think it's important that we educate our buyers in that because buyers don't know. Buyers don't know what light fast is. They don't know that something could fade. I didn't even have any idea about that. I mean, I look back 15, 20 years ago, I'd never even heard the term. I didn't know. I think, you know, just paint and it'll be okay forever. No, that's not the case. So I think we need to educate our buyers and just let them know, you know, again, I would still use the more light fast. I personally, I paint things highly concentrated anyway because I put so much pigment and so much layering. I'm probably okay. I'm saying probably in air quotations that you can't see because I don't know for sure. But yeah, I would definitely recommend no matter what, use the UV glass on this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And always, always, always educate your potential buyer and let them know how to take care of and how to protect artwork. I mean, that's our responsibility. And you can make a nice little printout that you can send with them. You don't have to have a full conversation with them. You can make something that's really nice, a printout that explains the care of their artwork, how it should be framed or matted or, you know, explain all of that. And it can be something nice that you include in in the box, the, the care for each medium. Yeah, I do have one. So you know what? I can attach that in the in the show notes. So if you're oh, you interested go. in that, you can head over there and download that. So maybe you have an opinion you'd like to weigh in on either of these two topics that we talked about, either the burnishing or these light fast ratings. And we would love to hear that. You can always comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. You can reach out to us by email, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And you know what? We had somebody uh, email us in this particular document just recently. So that was that was helpful after I had discovered it. Um, but it was still helpful and I appreciate that kind of thing. So if you have something, you know, and you're thinking, why did they not know this was here? Let us know about that. We appreciate it. If you like the show, consider giving us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to your podcast. This is a weekly show and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.